this started because Zach Brock and I uh, were both sort of like stranded in New Jersey during the pandemic. Um, he lived in like, uh, kind of like upstate South Orange. And I was staying at my parents at the beginning of it all when it was really bad because I got out of New York, you know, so lucky. You. Um, so he just booked some gigs. He was like, you know, it might be fun to do some playing and we'll keep it just duo so that we, you know, minimize the risk of people getting sick, you know. Um, so that's how it started. And then so me and him played, we did like a tour. And we just played a few shows, some outdoor shows. And it was just really just something to do. Um, then we played one gig where they wanted at least a drummer uh, just to, you know, fill it out a little more sonically. So we were like, well, if Kate is available, let's get him because he could play some crazy setup that's, you know, part drum set and part percussion, you know. Um, so he was, and, and we did that with him, and we, immediately we were just like, "This is a band," <laughs> you know. It was, uh, it felt really great right away. So, yeah. So then uh, we just booked another tour and planned on recording, which we ended up doing um, several months ago now. And the record's coming out November tenth. So, yeah. yeah, exciting stuff. That's how it all. That's how it all came out. I'd actually there's a single coming out tomorrow second single is coming out tomorrow oh shit yeah, yeah we'll have we'll have all that linked in the description everyone out there okay. listening great and yeah so i'd love to hear from you next like both as a musician and as a fan like what you think it is about unpredictable or unconventional sounding music that can that can make it be so great mm. oh that's a good question um i mean <clears throat> for me, I don't think it's so much about something being unpredictable. Um, it's more just like something that feels honest, you know? Um, so, I mean, you know, things could be very straight down the middle. And I feel like if, if they're done well and with honest, with pure intention, um, then that I think uh is it can be can be moving you know at least for me personally you know um you know i mean things that are kind of left of center are are cool um if they're done well too but sometimes that can be uh that can feel dishonest and then not be engaging so much you know um mm -hmm. so i think that's the thing that i look for more than anything else but um, you know, uh, but I guess a lot of things, a lot of things that I tend to like, maybe a little, um, left of center, just cause, I mean, I think in some ways, if it's done, honestly, it could be refreshing. It's just like something that you haven't heard before, which I think can be interesting. You know, do you give music lessons? I do sometimes. I'm curious how you would describe being honest, like, like you just mentioned to maybe someone who's your student. Mm -hmm. Um, I think basically if you're making music, the, the things that get you into music in the first place that like really turns you on, if you are 
striving to create that yourself and there's no ulterior motives like getting famous or 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 getting this particular gig or making money i mean those things are of course nice but i think they have to be secondary to just making something that turns you on mm. you know um so if you're making music from that from that place um then i think that is what can feel honest and if and if you're not that can feel dishonest and i think a lot of times as a listener it, you can kind of tell you know um there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things that in the i guess in the uh that can distract us from uh getting into that pure thing pure expression you know um i think part of it is is just making sure that you're making music that you like and not trying to like please someone else necessarily you know i think if you are making music that you like you know i heard da i heard david burns say once that you know he he makes music he's a human being he makes music for other human beings and uh if he likes it then he has to assume that there's going to be some other people that like it too <laughs> you know totally. so i and i think that that's I, I kind of often remember that quote and, uh, you know, try and live by that. I love it. So jumping a little bit to the side, you know, you're, you're no stranger to contrasting elements in an album and like, you know, touching on different genres and things of that nature. A lot of your work, it, it's got these parts that sound completely different than the other mm -hmm. parts. It can mm -hmm. literally be a whole nother genre. And, and I'm wondering mm -hmm. what the added benefit of that is as it serves like the the composition or the album like zooming out more broadly mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think you know speaking for myself i just it's just kind of coming back to the trying to please myself to uh to a certain extent you know i have a lot of different influences that are you know jazz rock blues country classical um afrobeat you know and if i'm like writing something you know i'm so I, a lot of times when i'm writing i'm just sort of uh doing uh kind of like noodling until i kind of stumble upon something that sparks my interest you know and so i'm not thinking about genre or anything at all you know it's just kind of whatever speaks to me in the moment you know and then the next step a lot of times is just sort of letting it swim around in my head and and just seeing what i naturally hear next you know um so you know it's it's kind of like an abstract process i guess but um but you know, all of those things are going to come out in varying degrees, depending on where it started, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I would say beyond that, you just want to make sure that, you know, I try to make sure that there's uniformity between, you know, in, in one song and for instance, you know, making sure that if there's changes, particularly in style, that they seem to organically move from one to the next rather than just being forced, you know, and on, on a record, it's kind of the same thing. It's like trying to find things that kind of marry together mm. rather than, um, you know, hey, one track being like, 
death metal and the next one being country you know it's kind of like maybe these don't go together so well unless that's your intention you know um that band naked city john zorn's band naked city kind of does that and it works awesome <laughs> um but so it sounds you know, like this is more of like a symptom of your approach than really even <clears throat> something that has some sort of benefit yeah i think so yeah i don't i don't intend to do it it's not that I necessarily think it's beneficial or, or not. It's just, it's just kind of what seems to speak to me and, and what comes out naturally for me, you know? I mean, all of these influences, I think, swim around in your head, in your heart, whatever you want to say, for your whole life. And then they are coming out through your own filter, hmm. you know? And I think that, you know, any artist's voice, I think, is sort of a con it's, it's sort of that's what it is i think it's just their influences coming out through their personal filter you know and that's kind of where like that honesty is so important yeah i think so i love it i'd love for you next to talk to me about what you think is most important when it comes to group dynamics in a band and being a great bandmate mm. well definitely respecting each other as as artists and as people um you know uh and listening you know um making sure that you're not uh that your ego isn't taking over you know mm -hmm. making the music putting the music first above your individual self you know um thinking about what is going to be the best thing for this song for this part or whatever rather than thinking what can I do to make sure people know I'm here, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, I think when you're younger, it, it, it can be a little harder. I think as you get older, you start to realize that uh, your ego is the least important thing in it. You know, hmm. um, <clears throat> I think that's probably maybe number one, respecting each other, keeping your ego in check and, serving the music before anything else hmm. you know in starkey puppy it's um there's so many great players so um it can be intimidating but it can also uh it's also very inspiring and um you know but yeah we have to work together a lot because there's so many players you know i mean there's three guitars on the records right on almost every record you know so we have to make sure that we are like really doing all all three of those things that i mentioned you know yeah so. easier said than done especially like you know you grow up with rockstar dreams being trying to be the next <laughs> hannah montana or something right and <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly this is flowers on the stage a podcast about being creative and finding success to support it, please check out our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing, Thrax CBD, and Ticket Relief, the ticketing company that plants trees with a portion of each ticket sold. And now, back to the episode. Using Hannah Montana as a segue, would you say that mindfulness and meditation, um, can it all help someone be a better musician? Yeah, I think so. I think it I think that can be helpful for anything. I've been doing transcendental meditation 
since like 2014. Hmm. So that's kind of like a, a big part of um, what I do. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've been doing it for a while now. And sometimes I, I kind of take what I've gained from it for granted, you know, because uh, it's hard to remember what I was like, <laughs> you know. Hmm. But when I think about it, I've thought about it at various times. I definitely feel like I'm more or less reactive to um, to stress and and uh, you know any anything like that. It's it seems it's a little bit easier to keep it in check, you know, and not not forcing it to be in check. Just it's just sort of naturally feels a little easier, you know. And so that can help a lot, especially in pretty high stress demands, like making a Stargate Puppy record <laughs> can be a lot of work. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, so it helps for that for sure. But I think also it just kind of helps you transcend your ego. So it makes it a little bit easier to get to that place in your intuition where I think all art comes from. Um, it's just kind of like a natural byproduct of the technique, I think, of the practice. Can you can you speak a little more on, you know, you, like you mentioned these super awesome phrases, like transcend your ego and tap into that intuition mm. where all great art comes from. Like, mm. let's say, you know, you're doing a music lesson with, with an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, someone mm. who their eyes open wide when you say that, but they don't really know what you mean. Like, how would you kind of yeah. spell that out? That's a tough one. I might not say that to an 11 year old, depending, <laughs> depending on, uh, what vibe I'm getting from them, but an advanced 11 year old. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think, I think one thing I would do with a student trying to get to that same place is maybe not say any of that, but what I would do is probably, um, I'd probably try and get them to just play um, without thinking about anything mm -hmm. and just try and encourage them to just put your hands on the instrument and play. Just you can call it free improvising, you know. Um, and I think maybe spending a little bit of time doing that every day is probably could be helpful, you know, um, because I think what you really want to do is turn off your analytical mind that's sort of always judging mm -hmm. and um second guessing and and trying to prove something and all of those things mm. so trying to get past all of that and just um create something from something beyond all of those things which you know it's kind of like your intuition just trusting your intuition and trusting your ears and and just playing, you know, and so maybe I would do that with an 11 year old, you know, and um, seeing if that sparks something in them, you know, yeah, they that we'd all be lucky to have that lesson as an 11 year old. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I, I don't teach that much. I used to teach a lot. But before I was into all of this stuff. So I didn't do that with anyone <laughs> at the time. What would you say is the personality trait that you most admire in people that you work with and people that you like play with? 
Um, prop. I think I'd say dedication to the music. You know, uh, work ethic, like hardworking people who put the music first, and um, any baggage that there might be. You know, leaving it at the door. You know, and just and just really getting into the music. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the number one, you know, what about leadership? What, have, what have you learned that's most important with, you know, someone in a leadership position about how to be a great leader? Hmm. Well, I guess I would say being, you know, learning, letting in terms of like music, let's say making sure that you're not micromanaging to the point that you're stifling the musicians from being able to play like they play, you mm -hmm. know, um, I think encouraging the people you're playing with to put as much of themselves into the music as possible is going to help the music. I mean, I think we have ideas of how we want things to be, um, as the leader, as a band leader or a composer or something, but I think it's good to, know that and then also be able to let it go and let it be like a living thing that these other musicians are contributing to as well um i think sometimes you know especially when i was younger i would sometimes get discouraged in myself if things didn't sound exactly how i wanted them to sound in my head you mm -hmm. know and i'd say what am i doing wrong what am i not explaining right or what why did i not write this good enough you know um and uh but i think letting people sit with it and live with it and letting it be a live a living thing always kind of often kind of ends up breeding something better than i had envisioned anyway mm. you know um and being able to like manage stress i think Cause it can be a very stressful thing, you mm -hmm. know, and Mike league from snarky puppy, he's, he's a great band leader. And I think I've learned from him, um, just watching him deal with stressful situations really well, you know, was inspiring. So it's something I take away from him for sure. Mm. You know, put putting everybody at ease. I mean, everybody, you want everybody to feel comfortable. You know, easier said than done. Not, not yeah. an easy task. Yeah, definitely. Jumping a little bit to the side. I'd love for mm -hmm. you, if you can, to share either like a specific moment or project that, that kind of challenged your preconceptions about music and maybe made you rethink your approach in any particular ways. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, there was uh, like, God, it was a long time ago now, I guess. But I was I started playing in this Afrobeat band in New York. Um, and they were like great band. It's called Underground System. Um they're still around. And uh I I had played a lot of like funk music and like James Brown and stuff like that. So we were playing a lot of like Felakuti and things like that in this band. So and I kind of felt like Oh, I can do this. You know, this is like just another version of like James Brown and stuff, you know, and they were like really 
sticklers about having the right sounds and the right feel. And that was one of those, one of those experiences where it completely opened my eyes to like this other world. It's like hmm. quite different than things like James Brown. So it was very cool to like really get in there and me and the guitar player often would get together and just play these parts, just the two of us with a click, with a loop, with the record, with nothing. And we would work on tone together and get all of this stuff like really um, as close to the original as we could, you know, and um, that was very eye opening and, and kind of changed the way that I approached certain kinds of groove music, for sure. How you specifically? Know, but, um, well, like in, in the case of Afrobeat, everything's sort of like based on a clave, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like, uh, if you're, it's like, or that's like the two, three, or it could be uh three, two, um, you know, and most of the music is one of those two things and everything that you're playing as you know, the guitar parts, bass parts, drums, everything, is often hinting at those at that clave. Hmm. Um, so, you know, being aware and being being able to hear that clave in my head, even if nobody's actually playing it, you know, mm -hmm. was was something that I hadn't really done before, you know, um, in addition to like, you know, making sure that you're, you know, playing with other members of the band, like, I kind of I realized that like, in this particular song, like my buddy is the drummer. Like we we have certain parts that lock up. It's like we're really in a conversation on this tune, you know. And on this tune, it might be the bass line, you know. Got it. And and so listening to everybody, but really honing in on that particular instrument that is really in conversation with my part, you know. Interesting. And I, I you know, I had played a lot of groove music that is similar in, in certain ways, but never with that much detail, you know, and with that stuff in particular, it's just the same thing for like 12 minutes, you know, so you're really just locking into this part for a long time. And uh, it's, you know, it kind of, it's kind of trance like, you know, and it, it was really fun and also eye opening to like, really hone in on different instruments in the in the band and see how my part matches with them and how it also matches with the clave and everything else you know it was like kind of changed my way of looking at groove stuff you know that's awesome yeah and it's insane how you know all the details that go into it and then on the other end as a fan it just feels like it goes by in the blink of an eye even yeah. though it's like you mentioned like a 12 minute song yeah yeah it's 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 kind of it's interesting it's crazy it's crazy how the brain works <laughs> yeah anyway it's true got a couple more questions for you here but bob this has been awesome thank you so much for, for yeah, taking man. the time and joining me here yeah of course happy to do it and if you if you're out there and you listen this far got links in the description check out their their new album coming out from brocklin zeddy ogawa trio and mm -hmm. uh 
Yeah, catch them live in NYC on November 9th. Yeah. So starting to wrap up here, a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. You can even uh, consider this like a rapid fire round if you'd like. Okay. <laughs> what advice do you think old you would say to you now if given the opportunity? Oh, like, uh, wait, wait, wait. You mean younger me or old me? Old you. Future, future me. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, future me would say to me now to... Um, don't be concerned so much with every, like, let's just say solo that I play. Um, because even though I'm, I'm saying all these things about not thinking and not being judgmental, it's really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And I still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm so into this stuff because I'm, I do that. You know, I've thought about it so much because I do it, <laughs> you know. Um, so try to look at the bigger picture, uh, you know, what is it that you're trying to say as an, as an artist on this record or on this song or in this solo and, and not worrying so much about everything being what I perceive to be as perfect, Mm -hmm. you know? It's so easy to get sucked into the minutia of things and yeah. What's something with your creative process outside of per avoiding perfectionism that you stay away from doing that you think has helped you, you know, be successful? Mm. Um I try to to not well, one thing I've tried to do is to not get so caught up with making sure that I'm working all the time. Mm. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've gone through periods where like, I, I felt like, you know, I wanted to play all the gigs and, and do all the stuff that can possibly be done. And at a certain point, you know, if I had a lot of time, I would just devote that time to writing music or practicing or doing my own thing and not worrying so much about if I'm, if I happen to be working right now and just sort of trying to, um, take, take advantage of those, of those times where I'm not hired to do something to try and be creative Hmm. and just, you know, not worrying about it at all. And just letting that guide me, you know, be creative, trying to be creative writing or practicing or whatever it may be. And then, uh, you know, take advantage of those times when they're, when they're there. Mm. Um, and I've, I guess I would also say not trying not to do things that I don't really want to be doing. <laughs> you know, I think when you're young, like you kind of say yes to everything mm-hmm. and you get used to saying yes to everything. And then uh, when you get older, you are, I, I know for me, I was still saying yes to things that maybe I shouldn't have, you know, because maybe, it's, you know, you're, you have the night off. So you're like, yeah, I'll do that gig, but you don't really want to do it. And you say yes anyway, or it's not enough money or whatever the case may be. And then sometimes another offer comes along. That's something that you want to do. And then you can't because you're doing something you don't want to do <laughs> already, you know, so kind of learning when to say no. 
you know. I love it. Next, let's say you have a child and you get to write one piece of advice in their pocket that that they can have, you know, for the rest of their life. And what what advice would you give them about living a life they can be proud of? <laughs> oh boy, let's see. Um, I would say whatever you're doing, make sure you're doing it with integrity. Mm. You know, if, if you're being, if you're a creative person and you're doing something in arts, um, just make sure that, uh, you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, you're trying to put something into the world that, that you would want to experience yourself, you know? I love it. I love it. I think we should wrap it there. I like, I like how that's full circle. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bob, cool. thank you so much for the time and yeah, everyone out there listening, check out those links in the description, new trio, mm -hmm. all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm Katie Daly, producer of Flowers on the Stage. This episode is brought to you by New Belgium Brewing.